Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. This is the podcast where we discuss what leadership looks like in the modern insurance business. We talk to insure tech leaders and founders, innovators and change agents from the insurance industry. We also talk to thought leaders from outside the industry, such as organizational psychologists, performance coaches and investment professionals. Anyone who can add value to the conversation on how to lead insurance businesses of the future. Good morning and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. I'm your host, Alex Bond, um, and I'm very lucky to have my first uh, return guest. Uh, this is, a, this is a, a Leadership and Insurance podcast first. Um, we are joined by uh, CEO of uh, Kena, uh, Paul Frendergast, who previously came on with Blink Paramedic. So good morning, Paul. How are you? Morning, Alex. Great to talk to you again. Yeah, and uh, how do you feel about the accolade of being the first repeat guest? <laughs> I didn't realise that. I will treasure that till my dying day. <laughs> I thought so. Of all the things you've achieved in life, this is <laughs> this is the one. Um, well, look, very kind of you to come back. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's evidence that I treat people reasonably well, I'd like to think. Um, and, and look, without without me sort of uh, barrelling on, I'd love you to introduce the business and, and, and your latest adventure. Yeah, so we're gluttons for punishment, Alex, and uh, myself and Peter Birmingham, my co-founder, working together for forever now at this point. Uh, we started this business called Kena. I mean, Blink was Blink was an incredible journey, starting in 16, getting acquired, working with the guys at CP Group, it was great, great success in Parametric, and they're, they're going gangbusters, so it's great to see. We learned a lot uh, through that, and... Um, you know, we're lucky to go to Lloyd's Lab and, you know, the SCA Sandbox and working with lots of underwriters and learning, you know, we knew quite a lot about personal lines. And then, but we started to get exposed to commercial lines and particularly small business. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, as somebody outside the tech world has started a number of small businesses over the years. It's a really tough place. So we, we, um, to, to succeed and, um, you know, your block and tackle businesses, running hairdressers or restaurants or whatever that may be. And the insurance, uh, we looked at this and we were amazed at the issues around small businesses and insurance, just sta staggeringly um, massive issues. And, and as an insurance industry, we said, I think we could do an awful lot better. Um, and, and how can we do that? So that that's so with this business, we just decided to try to tackle a monster issue. And the monster issue is small business insurance and how do we make that uh, much, much better. Mm -hmm. So what Cana is, Cana, and Cana is Irish for equals, and hopefully that will become apparent. It's all about the insurance that you get equals the business that you're in at that point in time. Mm -hmm. So Cana is an embedded insurance, uh, insure tech startup. Um, but we've taken a different view on embedded insurance. There's a ton of great embedded insurance companies out there right now doing cracking work. What we see that as almost the first um, wave of embedded insurance companies. Uh, you know, some where we can get to is fascinating. Simon Torrance, who's, who's kind of the embedded insurance kind of guru, uh, about 20, we reckon about 25% of all PNC will be embedded in, in, in a couple of decades time. So it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. It makes a ton of sense. Um, but uh, so 
Wave one, really, the, dis- the innovation has been about the same products distributed in a different way, embedded into digital platforms, effectively. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and great to see it. So our view with Kena is the next wave will be, the innovation will be obviously through the platforms and distribution, but also in terms of the product and the claims experience. Mm-hmm. So we look at platforms as not just smart distribution. We look at certain platforms, and I explain how um, our route to market is going to be quite different than a lot of people, is a source of rich, uh, interesting data, which will allow us as an insurer to price the risk much more accurately, therefore give much better insurance to the small business. Mm-hmm. Um, so innovation moving from just distribution to distribution, product and claims. And that's what we're building with Kena. And uh, uh, really, really exciting. Uh, we're we're um, working with the folks at Founders Factory, backed by Aviva. And that's been great. They're a great, great bunch of folks. And uh, we've been there now a good few months and working away quietly. And we, I suppose, we we went out of stealth mode in, in middle of December. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've early software built. Um, Lots of really good conversations happening right now. So very, very hot space. So yeah, this one's this one's got legs, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, well, it's it's not. I, I, it's it's nice to see you excited, and I don't need that in in, in references <laughs> that you weren't excited about uh, uh, Blink. But um, it's interesting for me that your enthusiasm for the space because I, I, it makes total sense to me. Um, embedded is definitely, if it wasn't the buzzword of. 2021 because i think that probably was parametric um yeah. it probably is the, the buzzword of the 2022 um and and you touched on some of it there but i, I really want to get to kind of how you differentiate yep. yourself in the market yeah. that's got so much investment because we've seen some huge investment in huge. insurance yeah, um huge and, and great companies they're amazing they really are cracking people and i know a good few of them and they're they're really good at what they do and it's great to see that and they're doing serious volumes. It's not just hype. Mm. The, the insurance policies are being sold at a, at a decent uh, scale. Um, so the big difference really is we're only going to be working with vertical SaaS platforms. So what's a vertical SaaS platform? So really that's, you know, always looking at how do we solve this problem for small businesses? So all through, you know, myself and Peter, when we've been looking at businesses going back, it's all about the data. So where is the data to help us solve this problem? And as we looked at the market, um, uh, there's a fascinating report from uh, Anderson Horowitz, the famous VC, and uh, they came out and said, okay, how software is being bought changes every decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, four decades ago, it was on-prem. Then it moved to SaaS. You know, that was a massive change. And then how software was uh, bought changed again the decade after where people started getting free trials of HubSpot and, you know, all over the business. And then suddenly procurement caught up and bought an enterprise license. And that's how you sold it, giving free trials and developer first, et cetera. So that was a major change in the last decade. What's happened really now at the start of this movement is... And you you saw software being built for businesses and small businesses, and they were they were um, horizontal. So, you know, HubSpot doesn't mind what kind of business you have; it's a great marketing platform. Mm. Uh, you've got great um, accounting platforms across all types of businesses, um, HR management, you name it. Uh, 
you know, all these different pieces. Now you needed to work with lots of different software platforms to run your business. But the massive change is uh, you've got all these software software companies coming out going, we're not going to go across. We're going to go really deep and narrow. So an uh, example I give is a fantastic Irish company called Forest with a PH. And they provide software platform for the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of lots of competitors. And so if you're uh, if you're running a hairdressing salon, you use that platform uh, for every single thing to run your business. You use it to acquire your customers. You use it to get paid, to manage your staff, manage your inventory, every single thing. And it's getting and it's getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And we said, okay, that's interesting. Now, are people using this? And then, to be honest, as we went through the research phase. We couldn't believe how big this vertical SaaS space was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's about, I'd say, comfortably 20 unicorns in the U.S. at the moment in the vertical SaaS. Bessemer Ventures have also said, they, they say one of their predictions for this year is a tsunami of vertical SaaS. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes sense. So you're a small business. I need five or six tools to, to do stuff. Or, oh, my God, these guys understand me as a hairdressing salon. They know every single thing that I have to do. So that's really, really interesting. Um, and from an insurance point of view, uh, you've got incredible data in those vertical SaaS platforms, mm-hmm. really unique data where you can't get anywhere else. Big issue, and we always start, you know, every business we've started, we've never started, funnily enough, with uh, we need to have a great customer experience. You know, everybody wants great customer experience, but we always start with the underwriter. From the insurance world, if you don't have... Um, a solid proposition for an underwriter where they feel they can properly run this business. Mm-hmm. Your customer experience is gone in six months when the claims start coming in. You know, it'll all be changed. There'll be excesses and there'll be this and there'll be that and it'll just be a bad experience. Mm-hmm. So when we look at the data that's available, uh, so us and our, our underwriting partners can price this risk automatically and we can, and the efficacy of the data is really strong because this is where those small businesses run their business. You know, they're there every single day. This is not something that they pop on once a month to update manually, you know, so they're running their business. When you ring up to a book, you know, a restaurant, whatever, it's all done on these software platforms. So you're getting real-time data about that business, mm-hmm. which is which is quite unique. So I, I think that's uh, that will allow us to build bespoke insurance for those small businesses. I think the second big problem that we've seen is... Um, uh, as businesses change, one, one great insurance person we were talking to said, Paul, the big difference now is 20 years ago, you know, somebody whittling away, fixing shoes, small businesses were simple. Small businesses aren't simple anymore. People mm. are doing are really dynamic, doing lots of things, and, and the insurance need to reflect that. So January 1, if you're lucky enough to get the right insurance, January 1, but your, your business changes over time. And we've seen that Petri dish of... Uh, COVID and Brexit, you know, if you're running a business and you, you're you holding inventory, suddenly Suez Canal, supply chain issues, I need mm-hmm. to not have 200 grand worth of inventory, I need to have a million. That's a massive uh, change in your risk profile because you've got that, that amount of inventory. Of course, but of course you'll remember to ring your broker or your insurance company, but nobody does. Biba came out with a report 80%, 80% of small businesses don't tell their insurer or their broker because, and I've 
outside of the whole exciting tech world, I've had small businesses for years. You don't think about it. Once mm. a year, the broker says, come here, that thing is up. Oh, God, yeah, grand. And I do it, and you get it done, and then you don't think about it. I, until... I, I'm, I'm literally sitting here thinking... I've had someone start with me on Monday. I haven't told my insurer. So I've got a new yeah. member of staff. I've got a di- and you're in, the game. you're in the game. No, no, you know? I'm in the game. I'm just thinking, Mark Hell better not watch this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, how they'll find out. They'll watch your podcast. And yeah, they'll that, that'll be it. They'll be, they'll, be, they'll, be, they'll, be, they'll be after me, cancelate yeah. my insurance. But, yeah. but it is, I think it is that as much as anything as well. It, it's that we're, it's, you don't think about it. But even no. now I'm thinking about it, my, yeah. route, my route to changing that, it's, it's to phone them. It's to phone them. And I haven't got time to phone them. Or, no. or I have got time to phone them, but it will go in my diary and it's the thing that will definitely get moved. You know, get and, moved. And it, it's the inconvenience of having to do that. Um, yeah. So being able to not even tell them, but they just know because the information yeah. is there. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and to be honest, you know, you talk to brokers and I think brokers, typically great people, do a great job. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this that's why Kena is very much focused on the smaller businesses. Yeah. If you're if you're selling a you know a large insurance policy with a large premium, you're the broker's making a decent return on that time invested, they can spend time to really understand that manufacturing facility, of course. Mm-hmm. But if they're making 300 pounds commission, you yeah. know, and, and you can hit them over the head and say, you must, you must, and they're going, I must, if I do that, I'm out of business in a year. Yeah. If I hire all the people to do that level of risk assessment that you that I'm required to do to really understand and then check in with them, what, every month, every three months? A lot of brokers say, you know, I rock in and say, how are things? I have no idea what's happening with the business. So I'm going and I'm trying to understand. It's very difficult for the broker, mm. uh, the broker guys. It really is. So so I think we want to get away from the um the proposition that it's that niggly thing in the back of your head going, I must buy insurance. And the amount of small businesses that don't have insurance is phenomenal. 40% of US com- small US companies, zero insurance. I find that staggering. Uh, like, yeah, yeah that's, but that's quite frightening as well. And uh, do, you, do, you think that's a, do you think that's an education piece as much as anything? Um, or it- I think the, I think the yeah, yeah the insurance uh, industry. To be honest, the insurance industry pays out so many claims, mm. so many claims. It's massive, uh, you know. But we hear about the ones that they don't pay out. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, but they they they, it's the, you know, it's such an important part of the economy to manage mm. that risk as a small business person, large business person. And these small, and the, 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 the really, um, education is, is one piece. But, uh, and really, when you look at, well, what is the insurance industry doing right now to do this? And education is part of that. Mm. I think convenience is a huge thing. And, and l- lack of knowledge of starting a company going, well, do I need PI? What is PI anyway? And, uh, you know, DNO and all these th- things. So really, you know, you, you've you've got to um, present to that small business person what they need or what are their options, where they live, and they live online mm. on these vertical SaaS platforms, mm. and not um, and not a, a case where they have to. Does anybody know a good insurance broker, or or they Google stuff, and and effectively they kind of have to be their own risk manager if they go direct. Yeah. So the broker yeah. isn't being paid enough. 
And um, so the broker really hasn't been paid enough to, to do massive risk uh, assessment. And then you've got going directly to a website to do it. You're going, I don't know, I suppose I get this, mm-hmm. you know. So it's very difficult. Um, you know, what, what limit should I have on my PI? Oh, million? Ooh, yeah. Well. And then that, that, that's something you and I talked about, wasn't it? Because that, yeah. was, that, was, that was a question for me. They said, well, what PI cover do you, do you want? And, I, and I'm thinking, well, I don't have the information on what, what's an average PI claim against someone who works in my role. Mm. I, I don't know. You tell me what that is, and I want that much cover. But but yeah. you know, asking me, I don't know, fifty thousand, a million, like, yeah. what, what, million? Like, who knows? I don't want to, pay, and you don't want to pay. And I think that's where it really kind of some of it I have empathy for because I completely understand yep. from the it's not worth the investment in time. Where I have a bit less empathy from as a consumer kind of point of view is those situations where it's 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 likely that I'm either going to be underinsured or overpaying. Yes, absolutely. And overpaying like, is an issue. Like, like uh, I'm, I'm, unless I get it bang on, I'm definitely doing one of the one or the other, and neither yeah. of neither of them are good result for me. Exactly, um, and that is the whole point. of This is that you know, I think it's it's not as large an issue, but but overpaying is certainly an issue. Yeah, um, absolutely an issue where you're wasting money, and um, you know, and nobody wants to do that. So. It's all about the accuracy of giving you the right insurance. But as your business, you know, through these platforms, we know that you turn over a million last year, you had a spike in business, it's now you're doing 200 grand a month. Yeah. Your BI cover needs to change or else. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I explain to buddies of mine who are small business people, I, I explain the average close to them, you know, particularly around their property insurance, and they all fall off their chair and mm-hmm. they can't believe that that's actually a thing. You know, and they only find out when they make a claim and they go out of business because they can't afford it. So, you know, it's it's um, this is not a this is not a small, nice to have problem to solve. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we believe this is a big, big issue. Mm-hmm. We've talked to the regulator. They're going, oh, God, please just this needs to be, you know, this is a colossal issue. Mm-hmm. And, and the regulator only has certain tools um you know, and, and, and puts the onus back on the broker channel or whatever. And that's very tough for the broker channel because mm. uh, do they just make everything more expensive if I have to spend three days every whatever period of time? Mm. So it's so it's a it's a it's a big issue. Um, it needs it, it absolutely needs to be resolved. And uh, the only way to do it is with technology. And we want to to the point I was making earlier. We want to move away from I must get insurance. We want you're on your platform running your business every day going, okay, this is my operating system and your insurance is this, you know, typical businesses like you got these types of insurance for these limits and it's, uh, you know, whatever it is, 300 quid a month or 200 quid a month. Great. And and I can buy it through the platform. So Mm -hmm. I think the other really key thing is, Talking to lots of platforms, there are loads of insurance options right now, but a lot of platforms going, my whole life is acquiring these customers, is making sure that I'm solving problems for them. I'm going deep and narrow, and I am the best platform that they can use. So they want to offer fintech and insurtech or financial services, insurance services to their customers, Mm -hmm. but they want to have an element of control. Mm. They don't want to just get another scheme policy that is off the shelf, that costs the same for every single person. 
isn't leveraging any of their data points. They have huge amounts of data. They're going, the data's here. Mm-hmm. But their existing insurance partners aren't in a position to integrate that data, make sense of that data, mm-hmm. change the underwriting, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and just say, mm-hmm. well, it should be 30% cheaper for this customer and 40% more expensive for that customer. Mm-hmm. So so that they're finding that frustrating, number one. And then secondly is a lot of them don't want to have that affiliate type you know, uh, a big button, don't forget to buy insurance and click and they lose their customer effectively. So it's key for us is we don't want to have, uh, take their customers away from them. We want to enable them to offer better insurance to their customers. Um, And we'll we'll power all that. So it's powered by Kena. And so we do all the heavy lifting to do that, but it stays Mm -hmm. on their platform and it's Mm -hmm. their customer. That's a really key thing that platforms want to have some amount of control over the the tone of voice and the experience, et cetera. So they don't want to have this amazing experience and then press a button and everything's done by phone, you know, or yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that is something that I've actually witnessed myself. I mean, the CRMs that I use, um, yeah. you and I spoke before, like yeah. all of my activities on there, the jobs I'm working on, the amount yeah. of staff I've got. Um, and there are things, but I have to leave the platform. And I don't want to do that either. Um, so it's interesting. I, I wanted to get your view. I mean, we, we talked, touched on kind of vertical stacks, but um, yeah. is there not systemic risk attached to kind of vertical stacks? You know, you'll commit to this stack of technology to run your business. Um surely there's a kind of systemic risk attached to that. Uh, and I wonder whether that's kind of slightly at odds with the culture of kind of choice and consumer choice at the moment. Um, I, I know that's kind of stepping slightly outside of, the, mm. of, of your sort of conversation, but as a as someone that knows technology and, and small business, I just wondered if I could get your view on that. So, so the sorry, just so I know the question, so from an insurer's point of view. No, uh, so more from a kind of business point of view. Okay. Do, do, do you sort of... Um, do you think there's a sort of systemic risk to so right? I move my whole business onto this one kind of vertical, and then, you know, um, it goes walloper. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, does it does that seem culturally at odds with with this? Or we we can pick and choose our technology, and we can embed them all together. Um, I just yeah. I mean, look, here's the reality: everything's going in the cloud. Everything, you know, yeah. it, our our whole lives, you know, uh, AWS was just such a game changer and now mm. Google are doing the same thing fantastically and, and, and there's a number of different players and obviously Microsoft. So, you know, so that's, that, that horse is bolted. So everybody's going in the cloud. I think, um, uh, you know, Amazon might go down for three hours mm-hmm. and we all pull our hair out, but they'll come back up and all the data is there. So mm-hmm. and it's, you know, the days of, working with a software with with a vendor and it's an on-prem and you're hoping mm, that yeah, the yeah, data yeah, center yeah. isn't flooded. Yeah. The risk is so low that they're going to lose all the data. Yeah. It, it really is phenomenally low. I'm sure there's options on those where you can download your data and stuff like that. But I think it's I think the the maturity of um uh, the hosting services, etc. now compared to I remember building tech companies and you know 15 years ago it was just blindly difficult just getting all that stuff set up now it's you do it on your phone in 10 minutes it's, it's very mm-hmm. straightforward but the you know the the the, the security and where the data is held etc so i think the risk in that is the the risk would be it might go down for a couple of hours for yeah. some reason and it does happen the odd time 
And there's insurance for that now. Yeah, well. yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Metrics yeah. and um, so, but I think I think inherently as a business, the the um, the advantages of that uh, compared to the disadvantages are you know light years. I, I would argue anyway. Sure, um, we've touched on this briefly, um, and and it, um, but the. The thing you're attacking, there's this SME coverage and this this mm. this this risk for underinsurance, this risk for inaccurate pricing. Mm. Is that really well known to the point where you know we're saying about the regulators going up? Why do you think it's taken so long to address? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think there's a reason why it's only happening now. It, it's it's because uh, vertical SaaS is a relatively new. When I say mm. relatively new, four or five years. Sure. And insurance insurance businesses, you know, just catching up now, and we're hopefully going to lead that that vanguard. Um, there wasn't the opportunity; the data wasn't really there ten years ago. Why didn't we do it? Well, the vertical SaaS didn't really exist, and then sure. and then you had to get data from, you know, uh, lots of different data points. You know, a lot of people talked about let's do open banking. Ah, that's great to a point. We did that and Blink, and it was interesting. But there's only it's it's an abstract uh, layer of information. It doesn't. It gives you some information about the business and it's useful for some insurance product, but it doesn't give you really rich information about the business. Mm. Um, you know, so that was available and people, you know, some people have built product on that, but really the vertical SaaS is only really there in the last four or five years. So there's a reason why it's only starting now, mm-hmm. uh, mm. December 16th now, us. And uh, so... <laughs> So I think I think that that that's that's the key reason, and sure. and it's and, and uh, you know I'm sure uh, lots of people are looking at the space, and uh, you know embedded insurance uh, 1.0 if you like, same product, new distribution, mm. working with the the big airline companies or uh, digital platforms. That's great to see that. That to us is the proof point that you know. People want convenience, you know, Amazon mm. Prime. It's just so easy. Just, just mm. good. Will I really spend an hour searching to get that thing 8% cheaper and then I have to pay my, or I just go on to Amazon, it's, yeah. you know, and they're selling insurance through these digital uh, platforms. Now the next one is, is going further, embedding further in, mm. getting data, using that platform to, 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 make the insurance better and then and then I, you know the claims process and we always say insurance is not just about selling insurance the mm-hmm. product hasn't really been used you want the that experience to be good you want the insurance cover to be accurate because at the time of claim so i think the claims piece and obviously with blink we had a ton of experience in parametric you know we like we used to take a long time to convince our insurance partners you did not need a tpa you know, typically six months of conversation, then they go, okay, I trust you guys, the tech, the data. And so we launched products where we would literally come in on a Tuesday morning going, how many claims were paid last night? And we go, oh, great, all these claims were paid and, and no humans involved. And it was done immediately. And it was phenomenal experience for the customer and the insurance companies were just mm. heroes for, for launching this kind of new product. So again, on the back end, there's really interesting opportunities to um, take lots of unnecessary costs out of the claims process. For example, first notice a loss. If I'm on a property software platform and I, I'm a landlord and I'm booking a plumber in, book a plumber in, there's a leak there in that uh, apartment 
and uh, the supply chain is integrated into those platforms, that's that's the time to do you want to start an insurance claim? You know, you need to make it easy for them. Mm, mm. Yes, it is great. We'll suck all that data. Mm-hmm. You, could, you know, we have that on our platform and we can, that's the first notice of claim. If it's less than 300 quid, great. The decision might be, it's it's kind of parametric in a way. Decision we made, just, just pay that out, you know, or you you can work, if it's more sophisticated, you go to your TPA at that point in time, but then it's you're not spending 30 minutes going now. Who are you? What happened? Yeah. Where do the thing? And it's 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 money, you know. Yeah, so they're going, yeah, okay, yeah. I have everything I need. Now I only need these two data points. Mm. I need X, Y, Z. So, you know, you you can you can start um automating and then you can start reducing the time of uh and costs involved with paying out certain claims. So great mm. customer experience, but also taking out costs mm. uh, from the overall delivery of insurance. Um, and, and and then, you know, the fact that you'll have accurate insurance for the small business, there's not a bun fight. There's not a, what do you mean I'm not fully insured? I've been paying my insurance for 12 years. Nobody ever told me, how am I supposed to know? Yeah. You know, my, my turnover went up and yeah, you sent me a letter that I didn't, you know, mm. they, they'll feel very hard done by and they do. And then they get on to the, uh, you know, and it, we it, the green. And it's yeah. Not well, it's so, it, it's really interesting from a, a human uh, perspective from both sides because i because i was thinking about this oh, I, I i've said many times i started my career in claims um and the worst thing in the world was telling someone that they weren't covered like mm. it, like oh you're not covered because of this clause um yeah you know i had to, I, I worked in commercial motor and telling a guy that it's ferrari that he you know it was a, it was it was valued at 60 it was complete write-off and yeah we weren't yeah. going to give him any money for it, it was still haunts me to this day as <laughs> a t- 22 year old graduate um yeah. but 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 also you're kind of doing that thing that automation's brilliant for which is mm-hmm. if you're taking away a lot of these pain points so you've got all the information already um we're not having to do that um you know that they're covered because it's built into the platform that means you can genuinely we like to talk about customer experience but with insurance we tend to talk about the brevity of it you know was it fast was it efficient actually you can build in quality there you can build in like actually customer service you know actually sort of going really sorry that happens you know having a sort of going well let's get you back on your feet as quickly as possible and have that richer experience because you've got you've saved the money in the efficiency and you've also saved the time to, to give a little bit of time back. And, and I think we don't, we don't focus on that enough sometimes in the, in my, the conversations I have on the podcast, but also in kind of efficiency, we go efficiency gives you time back to do a better customer experience. Yeah, um, exactly. And that, you know, that's what I was thinking when I heard that, because I was going through this. Um, yeah. My parents got a claim at the moment. It's just been painful. It's a big yeah. claim. It's been a painful process. They've hated every part of it. And, yeah. and, and mostly it's because you phone up and you go, who are you? Leslie Bond. Oh, okay. Next phone call. Who are you again? <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. Think, ah. yeah. You know, if you yeah. can take that away, it's, it's a yeah. richer experience. Yeah, absolutely. So again, it comes back to, we think with the underwriter go and claims people, you know, if they trust the data that's coming from our mm. platform and they're going, I know it's Leslie. I know exactly what's happened. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, because all, everything has been booked through that platform. I have all the information. I don't have, because it's a grind getting all that data and their job is to get accurate data. Mm-hmm. If you're moving from, I'm a data collection person to a customer service person, you just change your 
the way of thinking. So completely mm. agree. Does the um, I was just thinking about the bad data in, bad data out challenge. Yes. Um, does that dictate the partners that you work with? Like, if there's too much kind of human input of that data, does that does that impact who you might choose to work with, for example? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. So I think it's really working with platforms where they're mission critical platforms for these businesses to run. So if it's kind of, if it's something that they pop on once a month and kind of go, you know, how are you doing this month? And they, eh, that's, you know, Mm. I I want the the customers to be onboarded through that platform, the staff to be managed, the inventory to be managed, the payments to be made. And that's exactly, and that's exactly where all the good vertical SaaS platforms are going, you know, so that's the operating system. If you take, one fantastic one called Toast yeah. in, in the States, uh, you know, huge market cap, couple of billion and massive number of restaurants. So the restaurants literally run every element of the business mm. uh, through this platform. Mm-hmm. So the efficacy of the data is really strong because is the, is the, you know, is this small business, the restaurant going to start, well, I won't put that customer through there. Just give me a call and give me cash when you pay. Mm-hmm. It's just the efficiencies of running there. It's just going to be such a nightmare to try to circumvent toast and do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as part of it, really, um, you know, for them to start <clears throat> fraudulently kind of messing with the platform because a claim might be coming down the road, that'll become pretty obvious as well. Yeah. You know, you've got yeah. you've got. Uh, you know, Thursday nights were packed out or Thursday nights were 30% occupancy. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, you know, so again, you know, of course, with strange things will happen, but you'll have access to really strong data mm-hmm. and you won't have to spend huge amounts of money with forensic accountants coming in mm-hmm. if you're able to access that data and go, okay, that, that's a trigger. You know, not every person will have need a forensic data. Those two maybe do, but mm. not all, all of them. So, because you, you'll have such a, massive comparative data set as well yeah. it's like you know you've got a thai restaurant in new york and you know you'll probably have 30 others so you're like well, that's exactly weird. like yeah, yeah yeah and if they're I'd... going well you know austin texas was you know went gangbusters and you're going well you were the only one yeah you know? yeah and we, yeah. we have lots of restaurants there so so all these kind of things that you can use once you've got big data sets and you can use ai to kind of work all that stuff out and so that's mm-hmm. kind of where we're where, where, where we're eventually moving to Exciting, exciting. And, and and just so I fully understand the model, because I, I realize I've skipped over this, but um, mm. presumably it's running as a as an MGA um, yeah. and, and uh, you've got carrier partners in place already. Is that, is that no, it, literally we're, we're only uh, starting really. Yeah, so sure. uh, we're, we're talking to a number of carriers at the moment mm-hmm. and there's lots and lots of interest in the embedded space. So that's going quite well. Yeah, uh, and we're in the early stage of, of putting that all that MGA in place and building the tech. So this is very much early on the on the the journey. Super exciting, love um, that. But uh, yeah, so I think realistically, um, middle of the year will be will be going live live. Sure, sure. So um, I wanted to switch gears and talk about um, yeah. pers- personal sort of, uh, well, not too personal, uh, <laughs> podcast stuff, personal from a business perspective, because, um, you know, um, I got uh, I got introduced to you by some people that knew you anyway, yeah. uh, and they were like, you've got to speak to Paul, he's just like constantly kind of innovating. Um, yeah. But I've got to ask you, you sort of, you know, Blink, 2016, you sold relatively, 
successfully and, and relatively yeah. early you just just got to your exit yeah. um why jump into something straight away like, like what what you know like what and how did that how did that happen because yeah, yeah. You know. i mean it's the founders factory guys who i know for a long time they're great great people my seven peter have been around the block and you can see all the gray hair mm-hmm. and we, we we literally thought oh god you know that kind of model i'm not sure we like doing our own thing but fabulous fabulous people a lot of a lot of people a lot of operators who ran businesses mm-hmm. and they they said when we we're leaving like they said look we're interested in better insurance. We're backed by Viva. Here's the model. And we said, that's a great model. Uh, really liked it. And we started chatting to them. To be honest, I, you know, we said, we won't do anything for a period of time. This opportunity popped up and mm. uh, it seemed to be a really good opportunity. And we all got on. And then we uh, kind of come to the end of the summer, we said we'd go for it. Uh, mm-hmm. We took a bit of time off over the summer, which is great. Um, and... Uh, that's where I love it, you know, honest to God. Like, I, I'd be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I wasn't doing it, I'd be doing it anyway in my head. And, yeah. uh, so um, it's fun. Like, I genuinely, it's, it is fun to do. And yeah. uh, no, it does grind and it's, certain, certain elements are, are, can be tough. And uh, it's not, it, it's not, it's not uh, straightforward, but, but it is fun to do. Mm. I, was just, I was just going to ask you, I was thinking as this happening, I was like, do you think if uh, the pandemic wasn't happening, you'd be doing it? Because you could get out there and it, you, could be, you, could be, you could be entertaining yourself in other ways. But when yeah, we're all yeah. a bit locked down, you're like, well, what else am I going to do? What else Let's... am I going to do? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no good in the garden. I tend to kill them. So I better yeah. do this. You know? Yeah. Someone asked me, it was like, uh, I, yeah, I work with the US a lot, so, uh, but I haven't got out of the practice of you know recruitment you, you start eight and you finish it you know yeah. whenever you finish and but yeah. i do us so i'm quite often here to eight until pretty late yeah, yeah I, just, I, I just went i don't know what i'd know I, it's very sad but i was like i don't know what else i'd do with my time <laughs> yeah, know, in a lockdown scenario if you, yeah. if you took lockdown away maybe maybe something else but yeah um, yeah but but someone that's sort of you like to innovate you think about the space and you touch on it there if you weren't doing it you could doing it anyway i wanted to sort of get your picture on um did you did you look at any other opportunities? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and what's, yeah. what's what's interesting you at the moment in InsureTech that outside of what you're doing? Yeah, I think I think to be honest, you know, as somebody who's been around it for quite a while, I think it's phenomenal to see successful companies now, not just the hype, but yeah. making a real impact. But 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 my genuine view is the innovation around InsureTech has only, if you talk to somebody on the street or small business people, whatever it's really only impacted them very slightly. Mm. You know, I think it's going to be another five years, 10 years before that's the new normal. I'm using that term in a different way. But so I think there's tons of innovation to to happen. Lots of great stuff built, but actually uh, making it commonplace then and getting it to the market and all that kind of good stuff. I think there's some other areas, maybe it's because I'm getting old and cranky, but life, life insurance, uh, um, I've had a I've had a, an inkling of an idea around life insurance for a while. It's a completely different take on life insurance. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the next next one. But uh, I think life insurance is is interesting. You know, I think there's huge opportunities there. There's some great guys actually. Uh, Bequest are doing some great work in that. Mm. Uh, my idea would be quite different than that. Um, I think that. Uh, uh, there's there's tons of people doing using great technology to to make things better and uh, you know we were talking to one insurer I remember when that big explosion happened in um, 
was it Lebanon? Was mm. it last year? And within a couple of days, they had used drone technology to completely almost get a full picture of exactly what happened. Yeah, which is phenomenal. You know, using that kind of stuff is is just amazing. Mm. Um, so I think there is, I, I think there is, uh, I think probably the most encouraging thing for me is there's huge, huge swathes of smart people now in insure tech. You know, I mean, five, six years ago, there was insurance nerds like us kind of knocking around going, well, it must change. We must do something. Now you've got people and I chat to them and they go, oh, my God, these people are just so smart. Yeah. They're coming in, you know, young guys and girls and they're getting into it and they're going, this is an area of interest. So I think I think there's so many there's so many areas. I, I personally like the whole commercial line stuff, the, the stuff that's not desperately uh uh, sexy maybe i think parametric is only starting mm-hmm. i really do i think there's mm-hmm. i think there'll be a, a a maturity in parametric i think parametric you know looking back at it now single data point parametric i think will be less interesting than multiple data points and when you've got a lot of really smart data folks coming into this space i think there's some really interesting startups uh, in that space and I think mm. that hasn't broken through it's large enterprise government level yes reinsurance yes but day to day people uh, flight disruption we did a chunk of stuff in different markets but it really had that to me is a fantastic experience mm. um, but I think it's going to mature as well so yeah very fond of parametric as well I, I think parametric is really interesting for me because uh, you know from a consumer le- on a consumer level <clears> on a on, that's what everyone wants. Yeah. But that's really what the, 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 that's what we want. Like yeah. I want a claim that instantly pays out. Yeah. You know, I, d- I don't want a claims process really. I mean, we talk about all yeah. oh, claims is in you know insurance. We're not selling insurance. We're selling the the claims process. That is true. Mm. If you ask me, really, I don't want a claims process. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with them. It's 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 yeah. like a visit to the doctor. I'm pleased to get to the doctor. I'm pleased to see them when I need them. But I don't really want to go. I just yeah. want to be told, oh, that you had a claim. Here's the money. Thanks yeah. very much. Um, yeah. And so making that work on a on a richer, yeah. more diverse level, I think, is really interesting. And and I I had this conversation the other day saying that well, no insure tech's kind of done or <laughs> reach maturity when we see the insurance companies that are fully stitching it together when mm. you know when they've got a mixture of parametric when they've got drone yeah. technology that automatically deploys and you yeah. know um we've got some guys coming on that do this um augmented reality yeah. uh, inspection of claims mm. and and then i was thinking well c- can that be paired with parametric it, it's the pairing of all these kind the of elements is, yeah it? You know, yeah. the famous the famous Nigel Walsh, who's running Google Insurance now, he always talks about there's lots of people with ingredients. Customers just want a cake. Don't give yeah. me ingredients. Give me the cake. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. It's so simple, but it's so true. Give me the cake. And, uh, you know, so I think I think it's I completely agree. Like I, I had a I had a, a bang in my car and uh, the, the car data should have should be able to work out exactly. Yes, it is. You know, there's a big bang, you know, and the, the claims guy came out. I had to wait four or five days. Lovely guy came out, the motor assessor, looked at that and looked at the tires and looked at this and that and the other, make sure what I did what I did was okay. And then we had to wait a week. And then, you know, so it took, mm. I had a hire car for I don't know, three weeks or something, you know, and just can, can, oh, we see this has happened. 
Um, well, number one, we're going to get somebody a car out to you right now. Mm-hmm. Can that be done through data? Like, there's fantastic, um, really interesting kind of companies, but you're 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 driving around at a computer. You know, yeah. all yeah. the data is there, and yeah, can yeah, you take yeah. that data and automate that? And uh, you know, so so that, but but that's what I mean by uh, in five ten years time. And then you've got in in, in, in within houses. You know, you've got all these systems, Nest, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 all hooked up to, to to the cloud. And can you start doing stuff there? Mm. But 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 over time, and then long term, I don't want car insurance, house insurance. You know, this I want me insurance. Yeah. So please yeah. scan scan me in my life and tell me exactly what I need today, yeah. and then change that insurance as as I have more kids or. Mm-hmm. Um, my income changes or just mm-hmm. personalize it to me as opposed to optimizing it for oper- insurance operations, optimize mm-hmm. it for me. So I think there's tons of like, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's like uh, kind of uh, interested again, because I'm getting old in longevity and kind of all that's working and, you know, medical treatments, again, moving away from off the shelf medical treatments to personalized medical treatments. Mm-hmm. Therefore, personalized financial services, personalized insurance, you know, based around the person. Uh, but that that can only really be done uh, when you've got a really true picture and, again, high efficacy data, et cetera, et cetera. So it's mm. going to be fascinating. Mm. But, yeah, that sounds like the big leap forward. Um, yeah. Paul, I could talk to you all day, but um, I, yeah. I, I think we'll, we'll overstay our welcome if we're not careful. So, um, no, Paul, thank you so much uh, for, for being a guest for the second time. Um, I'm really, really fascinated to see what you guys do. Um, if anyone's interested in finding out more, um, can they reach out to you? Is LinkedIn yeah, a good place? Yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah, very active on LinkedIn, Paul Prendergast, or uh, K-A-Y-N-A dot I-O. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. Really appreciate your time. Good to meet you. Cheers, Alex. Talk soon. Take care. Bye. 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 As always, this podcast is brought to you by FinPro Search Partners, often simply known as FinPro. FinPro is an executive recruitment business working in the insurance and insure tech space on an international basis. If you would like to find out more about FinPro, please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com or our FinPro company page on LinkedIn. I've been your host, Alex Bond, and I would personally love to connect with anyone who is interested in the changing world of insurance. So feel free to reach out to me directly, um, either on LinkedIn or via my email, uh, alex at wearefinpro.com. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope to see you back next week. Thank you.